Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Reject Sorority. This is Myra. I'm Letty. And this is Des. And to start off, let's uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Um, we did talk about goals. Mm-hmm. So how did you guys' goals so far? Did you guys set them, write them down, affirmations? Give me details. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much slept the week away. <laughs> That's a good way to start it, refreshed. Um, so I can't remember if I said this last episode or not. Um, but I don't really do New Year's resolutions or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just kind of do a bookmarker from where I was last year and kind of like measure up. I do like think about things that I want to focus on. But other than that, I'm not just like, oh, my God, New Year, new me. Yeah. I'm not that person. Nah. And um, if you're listening, you could tell my voice is pretty fucking shitty right now. I've been sick since New Year's Day. Yep. Mm-hmm. With the flu. We almost thought she was going to die for it's a minute. been kicking my ass really bad. <laughs> I haven't worked. I haven't no, made no money this year. No money. <laughs> Starting off the year broke is she, a joke. She's really starting from the bottom, y'all. <laughs> starting, starting from the bottom, hoping to get there, wherever there is. Um, not, not hoping you will. You know, you, you, you know you will. You got to be a realist. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm just hoping that... I get over this shit quickly because I'm over it. (laughs) That was funny. I get over it quickly because I'm over it. Yes, I'm over it. I need it to be over me. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Anything, Letty? Just just reset, push the reset button? Just push the reset button. I'm still kind of trying. I don't really... I read something today, Mm. and then it got me thinking of how to rearrange the way that my thought process is on the whole New Year's setting goals thing, where um, it was said, don't set goals, set standards in Mm -hmm. your life. And I was like, a light bulb went on. (laughs) And it was like, that's so much more attainable than for me to set a goal. Like, because I get distracted. I think I have like ADHD or something. Yeah. You definitely in, in my life. <laughs> you definitely do. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> so I can't just like, I move from one thing to another, like too quickly. I never really finish anything or yeah. complete it. So I'm like, when, when I read that, I was like, okay, maybe I needed to set a standard in my life to be more organized so that I can set goals that I can attain. Yeah. <laughs> Cause right now I'm like, it's I feel okay. like my standards are very low for my life. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> All right, my, like, like I, I said mean, the last episode, I'm kind of riding a wave yeah. right now. Like, I have really no but standards. But standards change. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you realize you hold on to a standard that you're like, wait, why am I holding on to it? And, I mean, this is my experience. There's certain standards that I used to hold, and I'm like, why am I holding this standard? Wait, yeah. I think this standard was mostly presented to me by somebody else's theory and through life i've gone through certain experiences where i'm like i don't like that theory let's readjust this standard to something else and so there's times where you're gonna fuck all standards and then sometimes you're just gonna be like you know what we gotta change some or some even go higher (laughs) and some you know that's that's life that's growth so it's kind of how like you told me last episode where where i admitted where i feel like there's a certain level of responsibility that i have to uphold that's a standard yeah that i set for like that wasn't set by me it was set for me by somebody else exactly and that those are things that i need to start chipping away at 
That makes perfect sense. <clears throat> well, me, I do like New Year's. I don't go with the whole new me, um, <laughs> you know, facade or whatever you want to call it. But I like beginnings, which is why I like Mondays. Because to me, it's like no matter how fucked up my week was before, I'm like, Monday's coming. It's a new week. Like, that's my new beginning. So yeah. there you go. I like new beginnings. So New Year's, even if it is like a big old, you know, I'm going to have all these goals. To me, I do that on Mondays just to readjust from like the previous week or oh, yeah. new month. Let's do this or new year. Let's do this. So, yes, I did write down a bunch of stuff that I will accomplish um, in 2020. And then I also t- um, I um, got a like a kind of like a phone call from my from somebody from one of my relatives um and it kind of said you know what like it reassured me to be a little bit more selfish this year mm-hmm. and be like f it if i want to go to school and i can't help with whatever the hell comes up then guess what that's what i'm gonna do so which is exactly how it should be but it's not how it's been yeah so 2020 a little bit of a selfish myra for the purpose of growth <laughs> if that makes any sense as um, far like when it pertains to like your family life right yeah, because they're yeah. the ones that rely on you the most yeah well they're the ones i'm not selfish with yeah <laughs> i was yeah, i was me. gonna say i was like ah, yeah. that's kind of like how you are all the time yeah but <laughs> but no i mean yeah but he, not like, with family but not, and not only that i think i do it i do it to like I stay to myself because I have to pay bills. I have to take care of mm-hmm. myself and, you know, I have to make sure I'm good. Um, but when it comes to them, it's like, it's not like that. It's yeah. like, you know, it's different. So this year I'm going to be a little more selfish. I'm going to go back to school um, and do all that good stuff. I did write down all of the goals. I wrote down what it takes to, I, I did a breakdown on what it takes to hit each of them mm-hmm. and where I'm going to fit it in my busy schedule. So, yeah, that is going to be my New Year's of 2020. <laughs> Do you want to tell us what any of those goals are? Um, one of them is to get employed at a high school. Okay. Um, because I want to coach again. Mm-hmm. Um. I, every time, I always have something that clears my mind and it's either coaching or playing or cars, um, or traveling. Like when I just jump on the plane and go to a random city or to San Francisco, my favorite. Um, but I feel like this year I need an outlet that's also going to be in, in line with what I want to accomplish. So Going back to coaching is going to help clear my mind since I don't work on cars or anything else anyway. Um, and I just want to I want to lean more towards helping the youth, which is what I enjoy doing and trying to turn it into more of a career instead of a hobby. Gotcha. That's my what's one of my one of my uh, to do's in 2020 work at a high school. And that's just for coaching, right? Well, that no, I want to work for the school period, so I it, it makes it easier to coach because yeah. Yeah. one you can oh oh you guys have a tournament okay no problem you can leave you know three hours early you yeah know, to make sure the team gets there on time like and that's something that the school understands but your regular employer yeah would not you what know? would you be employed as um actually 
I could be the secretary mm-hmm. um, to the principal. Um, I could be an administrator at the attendance office. Mm-hmm. I could be a counselor. Um, but the counselor, there's different levels. It's like a one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Um, I would obviously start at a one. Um, because a three, I think, requires for me to have a degree in it. Yeah. Um, there's different like positions in it, um, which is why I'm going back to school. Um, I'm going to start with general ed because it's what I never do. Because mm. even when I went to school for communications, yeah. I took like so many of the communications classes and I was like, eh, I think I know enough. And then I stopped. And my counselor, when I came back for physical education, she was like, if you would just do your like requirements, you probably would have a degree by now. <laughs> and I was like, eh. Probably. Yeah. So um, once I start working at the school, I'll see what direction I want to go. Mm-hmm. Everybody keeps telling me, just be a PE teacher. And I'm like, that's what I was going to say. See? Yeah. Everybody tells me that. Might hey, as well. Yeah, right? You'll be doing sports the entire time. It goes in with coaching already. Like, I know. You don't have to go out of your way to get, like, a different type of degree or anything like that. You'll already yeah. be right aligned there. with that. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I took a lot of uh, physical education classes. When I was in high school, actually, I took a lot of them at the junior college. And do do you think that you only want to coach within, like, schools? Like, you wouldn't try to do, like, a traveling team or anything? I probably would start a traveling team because that's how I pretty much want to do what my coach growing up and the families within my team did for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, long story. But anyways, um, so I just want to return the favor to, like, youth. Gotcha. So, yeah. So... This episode, we decided to give the floor to Des again. We went back to the cup. <laughs> we went back to the cup, and uh, I feel like this was a good one to do since she's kind of been, um, like, the end of the year revisits these moments for her a little bit. Yeah. So I know she kind of wants to get this off her chest, so um, she wants to talk about her dad, her biological father, and... Just because he just, we just had what his the anniversary, his three year death anniversary, yeah, and his and birthday. his birthday. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty emotional time for you. Yeah. So where do you want to start? Um, I guess I should just start from the beginning. Um, my mommy and my daddy, <laughs> they oh, met at a skating rink. So eighties, <laughs> so cool. Um. They met at a skating rink. They were like high school sweethearts, head over heels for each other. Kind of Romeo and Juliet-esque. Um, my mom's white. My dad's black. My mom's family completely disagreed with her wanting to be with a black man. Um, I actually had to go like back and ask my mom a couple of questions because I wasn't completely sure. Um, I wasn't completely sure the timelines of things and I thought they got engaged when they were like 20 come to find out my mom was 17 um so they got engaged at 17 um by they got together or they moved in together at 18 married at 19 my mom had my brother at 21 had me at 20 Four, no, had me at 25, and then by 27, they were separated. That's a lot. Within, like, 10, 10 years. years. Yeah. So um, they got separated, and then before there's, like, that, that small gap after I was born and before they got separated, um, 
we had moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico to try to like save their marriage. They thought that being away from all their vices here in California would help them. So I was about two when we moved there. And um, yeah, I think they only lasted for like another six or seven months before they couldn't even live in the same household together. Oh, wow. Um, in their marriage, there was a lot of abuse. Um, there was drug abuse, there was alcohol abuse, there was physical abuse, and it was just better that they weren't together. So unlike a lot of kids, because I, like, I remember growing up watching TV shows. Um, what's that white boy who was a skater? It was on MTV. Uh, Tony Hawk? No! Oh my god, he's gonna fucking kill me. He was this little white boy, he was a skater, he had a show on MTV, and he was like a teenager, and his parents were getting a divorce, and he was like... Oh! You know, know what you're talking about. about. The little blonde kid. Yes. Hold on. I can't oh my remember. God. That Justin to... Bieber looking Looky like... Dude, yes. dude. Yeah. But I remember him just being so, like, brokenhearted, like, oh, my parents aren't together anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't see a fucking problem. I see that you're going to, like... <laughs> Calm the fuck down. It's not that serious. Like, like, riddance. You're going to have so much fun after. Like, <laughs> But um, I didn't really see it to, like, be an issue because I was so young. Like, I don't, like, I remember key elements, but I don't remember, like, huge things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I remember parts of living in New Mexico, and I remember, like, they literally lived a block and a half away from each other. So we were in, like, we would live with my mom, but we would, like, visit my dad. And he would, like, come pick us up after school or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, about after, I think it was, like, a year of living out there, my mom was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. So we moved back to California so she can feel more supported by her family. Um, and at that point, that's when I my relationship became more rocky with my father because... I had discussed this with her before even deciding that it would be good to talk about this on mic. Mm -hmm. And um, their whole entire separation and their entire mix between me and my brother's relationship was about them. They didn't consider me and my brother. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, if they were able to be cordial on the phone, then we would have phone conversations. Mm -hmm. If as soon as they started arguing on the phone, then we wouldn't get phone conversations. It was all about them. Like they didn't consider us yeah. as the children and how it would affect us. Um, so we would get phone calls on the typical Holidays. Christmas, Thanksgiving, birthdays. Um, as the years went by, the phone calls became less. It was like issues because my brother's born around Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. He would always get a phone call on Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving doesn't always fall on the same day. Yeah. So, of course, his birth, he would sometimes it would be after his birthday, sometimes it would be before his birthday. Um, same thing with my birthday. My birthday is a couple of days before Valentine's Day. So, I know if I didn't get a call on Valentine's Day or another, I have an aunt's birthday who was three days before mine. If I didn't get a call on her birthday or my birthday, I knew I would get it by Valentine's Day because the, that, that was like, I feel like those were like his... That um, was his reminder. Yeah, like his, his what, do, what do you call those? His landmarks, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, I passed Taco Bell. <laughs> like, no. It should be right here to the left. Right. So um, those became less frequent. And then there was there was one summer where me and my brother actually 
went out there to go visit him. And I know when I was previously telling you guys a story, I thought it was two summers. It was actually that one time. So we had drove from my mother drove us from San Diego to Albuquerque and we stayed with him for I think it was about a week and a half. And then he flew us back out to San Diego for some reason. I don't know how I got those divided into two trips, but that was just one solid trip. So we spent um, that week and a half with him. And when I was younger, we always have pictures of us like doing fun family things, but they weren't really family things. They were always things that kept my father around his friends. Like his friends were like a very big, important part of his life. Mm. So we would go on camping trips. We would like go four by fouring. He was really into like dirt bikes and like fun outdoorsy stuff like that. But his friends were always involved. So as long as his friends were involved, then he was down for it. Mm. And I remember that entire trip, um, Everything that we did included his friends. Hmm. So that was like another thing. It was just like, oh, yeah, your friends are coming. Yeah. yeah. Um, and his girlfriend, which I wasn't a big fan of because it was like he was like, OK, we're going to go bond and do boy things and you stay here with her. And I'm like, I don't know this chick. I don't want to know this chick. <laughs> yeah. It's not what I came here for. It's not what I signed up for. Um, after that, I think there was like another couple years gap. My mom, for the most part, was a single parent. So, granted, my stepdad had came into our lives when I was, I think, four or five. Um, they don't, they weren't living together yet. So she, no. he was still more of like a long-term boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And um, even though she had him in his life, him in our lives, it wasn't like constant or anything. Like he was like a father figure yet. Yeah. And so. I was in a lot of after-school programs. So by eight, I had my own cell phone. It was a prepaid, but it was still a cell phone. And um, my grandparents on his side of the family and most of my aunts and uncles on his side of the family had my telephone number. So when I would go, like, years not hearing from him, I was confused. It's like, I have a telephone number. It's a direct line to me. Like, yeah. You're not reaching out to me. Yeah. Um, in a previous episode... That we did about me. (laughs) We talked about my stint with homelessness. And um, during that period, I had spent a summer with him. And that's when I was in my preteens. And my grandmother had came and got me from California and took me to Arizona. And during that time period, it was like a whole entire charade of trying to make me feel comfortable enough to stay in Arizona. But it wasn't like stay here because we love you. It was more like, look how much better your life can be. Like I was involved in a modeling company before my mom was arrested. And so with that, like when she was gone, I didn't have that connection anymore. So I wasn't doing that anymore. And so they try to contact me with or connect me with a modeling agency in Arizona Mm -hmm. and then it was like they were like taking me to the malls out there and they were trying to drive around the neighborhood and find other kids that were in my age range for me to play with and I'm a preteen so at this point like I have my group of friends back home I have my school I have my routine nothing can change my mind right and a time where I thought it would be more of like a bonding thing I feel like it was more of like you need to stay here Like, you're not going home. And so that made me feel even more of a disconnect because it didn't feel like it was coming from a genuine place. Um, I would get in trouble for wanting to talk to my brother. They didn't want me to run up their their phone bill 
And so that was even more frustrating because I don't care. I would sneak out of the room and drag that little landline into, <laughs> into, into my room and call my brother. I didn't care what hour it was. And um, yeah, so I got in trouble for that a lot. And so they're just, it, I just wasn't having it. Yeah. So then again, I get back to California. I'm living my life out here. There was phone calls sometimes. We would get lucky. We would hear from him. Um, conversations became very surfacey and just pointless, kind of like, hey, how are you? I'm good. How's school? This is what school, what's going on at school. How's work? Okay, that's cool. You're doing this at work. Um, how's grandma? You know, like very the typical like let's go down the line yeah, yeah it even got to the point to where like how's the weather was actually a part of the conversation that's yeah weird. which is just like come on if you're talking to your father like it should not yeah that's which stranger then, talk. like at, at that point like because i can relate to that like at yeah. that point for me when i had gone through that it was like i'm talking to a freaking 40 year old man who i don't know Right. Yeah. On a the stranger phone. Like you're talk. like, yeah, it's, it feels weird. Yeah. Cause that's not, they shouldn't be a stranger, but. And then, and then to wrap the phone call with like, <clears throat> how's the weather? All right. Well, you know, I'm going to take off now. Okay. Love you. It's just like, love you too. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just like, we had nothing to talk about. Yeah. We can't even talk to each other about our lives. And now I love you. So it was, it was just a very estranged and uncomfortable relationship um the last time i can really say that i that i decided i wasn't going to keep the ball in my court anymore because i always felt that like i needed to push i needed to push you know i need to be something to him yeah um was when i was 19 or 20 i was dating this guy and we were super involved in the rock church and um <laughs> gotta there's shout nothing out the, wrong with that you gotta shout out the rock man <laughs> um so it was father's day weekend when my cousins had just gotten married um if you're from san diego you know june 19th is a big day for us <laughs> it's I six can't. six one i nine. know what it is <laughs> um, i can't with you guys so um they that was the day that they chose to get ma- got married that was the day that they chose to get married and he was here for that and it just so happened to be father's day weekend and i was very torn on if i was going to spend father's day with him or if i was going to spend it with my stepdad at this point myself and my stepdad had formed a very strong bond because he had been there since i was four and i had been living with him for an ample amount of years and he was always there for all the school things. And at that point he was my dad. Yeah. And so I was very torn. I didn't know what to do. So I went to church and there was a beautiful sermon that made me feel super convicted. And I felt super guilty for not doing my part. And I, at that point God was yelling at me and telling me that I needed to try harder because I wasn't trying hard enough and I needed to be more forgiving and I needed to be more Christian. And I was a fucking wreck during service. Like, boo-hooing my fucking eyes out. My boyfriend was just looking at me like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Um, so we stopped at the drugstore and I got a blank Father's Day card and it just said Happy Father's Day on the front and everything else was empty. So I filled it out on the inside of the card, both sides and the back of the card. Basically expressing to him how I felt, what I needed from him and how I would like to move forward. Um, 
and he was at my aunt's best friend's house. That's where he was staying at. And so I went over there. Family was over there. And um, there was like a barbecue and all fun times. Everybody's all happy. We're all together. And um, well, before actually before we got there, hold on. I stopped at my mom's house to talk to my stepdad because I wanted to let him know what was happening. I felt so guilty for not spending Father's Day with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So back to what I was saying. I was at my aunt's best friend's house, and I walk in, and I give him the card. And I give him a hug, and I say, Happy Father's Day. And I was like, before we talk anymore, I want you to read this card, and then I want to have a conversation. So he went and he read the card. And... Um, when he came out of the room... He, like, came out, and he was, like, sobbing, and he was just, like, super emotional. And I thought, like, the, the famous words were going to come out, that I'm sorry. I thought it was coming out, but it was, you don't understand. Your mother brainwashed you. She wow. made you think of me as this person. I'm not that person. Just, like, again, deflecting from what he did. And even though in the card I didn't bring up anything that had to do with my mother everything was about me everything was you know I wish you would have reached out to me more I wish you would have tried harder to connect with me um I've had I brought it up I had a cell phone since I was eight it was my it was a personal con you didn't even have to go through her to get to me um I talked about the time that I spent with him in Arizona and how uncomfortable that was and how I felt like you know he should have tried harder to bond with me instead of trying to make me feel like I was being forced to be somewhere I didn't want to be. Yeah. Um, and again, all it was was about my mom. That's all it was to him is that my mom brainwashed me and everything that I was ever told was a lie. And I, in, my, in my head, he was just this demon. You know what I mean? And yeah. that was far from the truth. I didn't think of him as a demon. I just thought like I didn't understand. Kind of like that Will Smith, that famous Will Smith Will Smith scene from um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, yeah. I know. I cry with that scene. Everybody cries oh. with that scene, you know? Why doesn't he want me? I feel yeah. like all kids feel that way at some point in their lives, especially yeah. when their fathers aren't there. It's just like, what the fuck am I not doing right? Yeah. Um. So I was just really taken back that that's not what I was getting. And I know I can't be a control freak in that sense because just because it didn't go the way I wanted it to doesn't mean it didn't go the way it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like now I try to sit back and understand that that's, that's how that conversation was supposed to be. But um, basically after that, after he was done with his hystericals, we sat down and like I told him why I needed what I needed from him. And he said he understood. I still didn't get it. Yeah. Um, and... I still, I, I let down a lot of my standards at that point because I just told myself I have to let it go. So I let it go and, you know, he told me, you know, things are going to be different, you know, you're, you're an adult now, blah, blah, blah. So around the same time, my brother had had my first nephew mm-hmm. and my father was staying with him at that point. And so um, my nephew became very connected to my dad very quickly you know they grandparents have that thing and um my father said that he was going to find a way to move back to california because he wanted to be a grandfather and he was staying with my brother this entire time 
and um it got to the point where like my nephew was waking up little toddler body and like jump out of his crib and like go see papa 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 and um even after my father had left he was still doing that for like weeks and it like tore my brother up because my brother kind of got his hopes up that things were going to be different because he was a father now and he wanted his father to see him be a father and we all kind of have these um, unrealistic like childhood dreams that we think will come true once we hit certain um, periods in our lives. So long story short, he never moved to California. Um, He was living in Arizona with my grandmother and we talked a little bit after he moved back, but it was still very surfacey. Nothing really got deep into anything. Um, I do blame myself because I know at that point I could have changed the conversation a little bit more. It didn't always have to be about school, work, and the weather. It didn't have to be about how other family members were doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I should have taken a lot of those times to um, open up more and be like, hey, I, I know you, you said we were going to change, but we're not changing. What can we do to change? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, after that, it kind of died out a little bit. Um, August 2016, we had like this beautiful family bonfire and my father wasn't there. It was like none of the elders or anything. It was just all cousins and everybody's having a good time. And of course you're like taking videos and pictures and stuff and putting them on Facebook. And the next day my dad shared a selfie that I took and, um, in the selfie, it was just me and the son and he posted his own caption to it. And he said, this is my beautiful daughter. I love her so much. Um, I wish I could have a better relationship with her, but I can't because her mother turned her against me and she thinks I'm a monster and blah, 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 blah. Not no. taking accountability. Oh. So, so again, it's, it's my mom's fault. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. And I know there's a place and a time for everything. But um, when emotions are so involved like that, it's kind of hard to filter yourself. And so, of course, I felt like it was my position to correct him right then and there on Facebook for everyone who read his caption. I wanted them to read my comment. You know what I mean? I wasn't going to let him make my mom a villain. Um, I wasn't going to let him reflect and deflect away from himself other than taking responsibility for what he did or didn't do. so I called him out and I went off on him and I was like, how dare you blame the person who's always been there? We've had this conversation. Why would you take it to a public platform to try to make her or me look bad? You could have said all like you could have said the first three sentences and left it alone. And everybody would have right. been all right. And, right. But no, you, you wanted to drag my mom into it. So um, we went back and forth and then I blocked him from Facebook. And that was the last time that I talked to him. That was the last time I ever talked to him. So, on December 18th, 2016, I was on the San Diego um, Coronado Ferry with my nephew when I got a voicemail from my aunt. She was very frantic, and she told me I needed to call her immediately. So, as soon as I got off the ferry, I called her back, and... um, the first thing she said as soon as I answered the phone is Frankie Boy's dead. Um, 
I was having like auntie nephew day with my nephew and um he was the only thing that like kept me grounded at that moment because I know he had no idea what was going on and it wasn't the time for me to break down um so I got a call from another aunt um to so she could pick me up to take me to my car because another another ferry wouldn't have been there for like another hour and a half so she came pick me up and we went to my grandfather's house and I was the one who had to call my brother and tell him um and all that did was just resurface everything that I thought I had gotten over all these years um a lot of people think that like because they don't have a relationship with their father right now that no matter what happens to him it's not going to affect you. I know we've had this conversation, yeah. Letty. <clears throat> and um I know it's different with everybody because I was definitely one of the people who like related to Tupac when he said um his father died and he didn't cry cuz his anger wouldn't let him feel for a stranger. Um I honestly felt like in my heart, like he's a stranger. Like if he dies, I don't give a fuck. Nobody, I don't care. Like he wouldn't care if I died. Why should I care if he died? And, um, it's the complete opposite. Um, my papa had brought up a couple of things that had transpired before his death, um, on Thanksgiving. So my father's birthday is November 14th. And Thanksgiving is at the end of the month. I didn't call him for his birthday. And that really ate him up. And he called my papa on Thanksgiving and talked to my papa. And I don't know what to do. My kids hate me. Like, I'm at a loss. I don't know what to do anymore. And I can't say that if he would have called me that I wouldn't have answered his call. Because every single time he called me, it didn't matter how pissed off I was. I still wanted to see where the conversation would go. So it's not that he didn't try to call me and I just didn't answer. It's just that I wasn't the one to reach out to him. Um, and there's been a type of pull from me, I think, when it comes to my dad's side of the family lately. Um, I've talked to my brother about this and I know I've talked to you guys about this, but I don't think me and my brother are allowed to mourn the way that we want to. Whenever we try to mourn, we're kind of reminded that we weren't his kids. Um, I was asked at the funeral and before the funeral, not to make a fool out of myself because they didn't want me to get up on the podium and speak from what was going on in my heart. Um, And ever since then, I've had to go to family events. And when things are posted on Facebook, it's a constant reminder that everybody has memories with him. And I have none. Everything that I have for my father is things that me and my brother had to drive to Arizona and get. And it's literally a chest that sits in the corner of my room. It's just like band shirts and pictures from when I was a child. Um, People don't really realize that your parents are a part of your identity. And even though 
They're not like, they don't make you who they are. There's still parts of them to where you're like, oh, like that makes sense why I'm like this. Or, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I get where I get that from now. Right. Oh, yeah. So I think I always had this thought in the back of my head that, well, when I have kids, he'll be around. When I get married, he's going he's gonna to be a part of like giving me away. I wanted him, my stepdad, and my brother to all be there and give me away. And, like, I wanted him to see me have kids and things like that and to know that I don't have that opportunity anymore. And that time ran out is what hurts. Yeah. And these are things that I've, like, talked to my therapist about and I've talked to other people about. And I feel like the more and more I talk talk about it, I don't really know if it's healing anything. I feel like every single time I talk about it, like, something else is uncovered from it. And um, I'm realizing that that's the beauty of daddy issues that everybody keeps talking about. Yeah, because that's you don't, the meaning of those. <laughs> you don't really understand uh, why yeah. or where they come from. Right. Or anything like that. So I think that's enough of me crying right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have every right to cry. You have yeah. every right to vent. Um, I On that last part, I don't think it's a bad thing that you talk about it yet. It opens up other stuff. But that other stuff is eventually going to run out. And that's when you're going to, when that other stuff runs out, you're going to be like, okay, that was the growth in yeah. it. Cause because this, this there's is like no gr- you, yeah. like you grieving how you guys wanted to. Yeah. That like you didn't get a chance to. These are all the things that you've been holding back from saying. Yeah. That or, that, or somebody told you not to say. Yeah. Like the, these are your real true feelings. And you have you're every to right feel to that say them wherever yeah. the hell you want to say them. Obviously, there's a t- time and place for things. Yeah. But sometimes I, and I hate saying this because then the wrong person picks it up and thinks they have the right to say something. But <laughs> mm-hmm. sometimes it needs to be said. Right. You know, we had this conversation in my room too, where, you know, um, sometimes it might not be the time and place, but sometimes it needs to be said. Like, you know what? This is what's wrong. You know. Right. And. I, it breaks my heart that someone would tell you not to make a fool of yourself. Like, that breaks my heart. I yeah. think, I think especially in that moment, you had the right to say whatever the hell you wanted that was in your heart, right. you know? If they didn't like it, then that's not their, that's not their, that wasn't their life that they lived, so they have, they have no say in it. Yeah. yeah. And like, um, like I was telling you guys before, at his funeral, like, I didn't, me and my brother didn't have any say so when it came to the funeral myself and my brother knew my father as a party animal rock star and though he was like a black man everybody thinks of black men differently like my father was an oreo he was a black man he was a white man trapped in a black man's body he loved rock and roll (laughs) he loved the outdoors and going four by fouring in his ford truck he loved dirt bikes like ACDC and Journey were his favorite bands. Like, <laughs> come on now, how many black men would say that? Right. Yeah, and that's what—that's I mean, what it should transpire. Yeah, but his funeral was like—I don't know who the fuck they were mourning at the funeral, honestly. Yeah, because it, it wasn't the person that you knew. No, there was praise dances and there was gospel. And granted, my father went to Catholic school all his life. After Catholic school, that was it. Yeah. I'm sure at some point in his life, he reconnected with God and was going to church and all that. Because 
when he was in Arizona, that's what his sister and his mother do out there. They go to church every Sunday. Yeah, but Catholic, Catholic school, um, being raised by a Catholic woman, <laughs> um, Catholic school and classes and all that. They, they teach you mostly religion mm-hmm. and they don't teach you how to discover yourself, how to, you know, it's like, follow. they teach you rules yeah. and structure. That's it. That's all. So being in a Catholic school, like I could only imagine he was just tired of the rules and the, and you know, and he was like, let me be me. So after that's probably why he became a party guy. <laughs> he was a dead ass rebel. Yeah. So how do you feel like now after like with it it was 3 years that just passed the 3 mm-hmm. year anniversary and then the birthday and it, it felt like for a period of time for you it was still kind of um so I've had a couple of friends that have lost their parents um in the last couple of years and what I try to explain to people is that it never gets easy mhm um, for me, the most difficult part is allowing myself to feel hurt. Um, I feel guilty sometimes for feeling hurt because I'm like, he's not here to defend himself. It's done and over with. You got to let it go. But it still affects parts of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it affects my relationship with my mom. It reflects my relationship with men. Um, with just trusting people in general. Yeah. That is daddy issues at his finest. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, like I, like the whole entire thing with like my family recently, just like reminding me that they have memories and I don't, um, the fact that like we have to reach out to people on his birthday and on his anniversary death to make sure that they're okay but not anyone has even yeah they have to reach out to you not right? one person yeah. has been like hey i know what today is how are you feeling like yeah. they don't take that into consideration yeah the only people that I, the only person i have is my brother yeah because i can talk to my mom about it but she can only understand to a certain extent because she knows she has her part in it too right yeah um i'm definitely not calling her the perfect person in this scenario because i have talked to her about it multiple times she knows they both played a part and they both fucked up yeah. yeah. Neither one of that. N- neither one of them took me and my brother into consideration when they were doing what they were doing and making decisions that affected you. Exactly. And I can definitely say now, like, my brother is an amazing father to his children, and it's because the lack of what my father did. Right. And so a lot of people are like, "Oh, how can I be a great dad if I'd never seen one?" Like my brother didn't either, and he's a fucking—he'll do anything for his children. He does yeah. not play when it comes to his kids. Yeah. And I can definitely that. say, when it comes to kids, for me, I don't have my own, but like I advocate for kids so hard. Same yeah. here. Like the whole entire thing of like needing to apologize to children, I think that's important, and needing to talk to them a certain way is important. Not demeaning them is important. Like. There's so many things as adults that we need to do for kids in order for them to not deal with the same traumas that we grew up with. Right. Yeah. And um, there's even been things in my head to where it's like I could map out the perfect fairy tale of what would happen in my life if my parents stayed married. But I can also see the dozens of tragedies that could have happened. Right. Um, Like I said, 
the the drug abuse, the alcohol abuse, and the physical abuse. Like one of them would have still ended up dead. Yeah, yep, that's true. Probably at the hands of the other. And, and then, then what would happen? That then I would have had no parents, you know. A lot mm-hmm. sooner, right? Like a lot sooner. Than yeah. What happened? Um, the abuse could have turned on to me. Like right. there, there's so many things that just could have happened that I understand my my life took a path that it was supposed to. But even though you're not supposed to question the God and universe and all that, I there's certain things that you can't help but to question. Like what are you questioning now? Um, just, just why did it go the way that it did? You know what I mean? Like, I still, I still want to know what the other outcomes would have been. I know there's a lot of negative ones. You need to start worrying about the Yeah, that's like, let that shit go, girl. You obviously got something out of it, though. Like, you got this whole perspective from a child's point of view about things that have really, like, it kind of shook you up and woke you up. So you're, I'm not saying that, um... It was good for you what you went through because that that shit's not good for anybody. Yeah. But you are going forth into a new generation and bringing up a new generation of people around you. You have your nephews to that are looking up to you. When you have kids, you have your kids to look up to. Look up to. You have your other cousins that are coming up looking up to you, and I kind of feel like if you. I feel like you're looking for some kind of responsibility out of this. Like, why did this happen to me? Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you're going to have any responsibility, it's your responsibility is to help these young people be better adults. I don't feel like this is something that you should, like you should sit and think about and be like, why did this happen to me? Because I feel like you're so much wiser because of it. I don't think you're, you're taking blame per se. I think you just want answers. Like there's so many I think you, because everything has been so up in the air since you were little, like, like obviously not having a stable home and all this stuff, you have all these questions and nobody's ever been able to answer them. Um, I see where both of you are coming from. Uh, there, there are, there are points where I do blame myself. So my father died while hiking. And it wasn't a very, me and my brother went and did the hike after he died. Um, If you're from San Diego and you've done Cow's Mountain, it's a very similar hike to that. Mm -hmm. It was like two miles tops up. Um, It wasn't extremely strenuous. He passed away in December. It wasn't super hot. Um, And we unfortunately didn't get a full biopsy. Or not biopsy, autopsy. Of when he passed. They just said he had heart complications. That's it. Um, so there was a period where I was blaming myself because I said my di- my father died of a broken heart because that's what my papa was telling me, that his heart was, my mom broke. He, he was telling me that my mom broke his heart that's horrible. and that he was broken hearted because me and my brother hated him. That's a horrible thing Why to tell somebody. Why would you tell somebody that, oh my I don't, God. I don't think he was telling me that as like, that's why your father died. But I, it, I have to take in consideration that that's still his little boy. So he's still going to protect him no matter what. Oh yeah. yeah. No matter what I tell my papa. And I, I love him dearly. And I know old people are stuck in their ways. So that's why I just haven't spoke to him about it. Mm-hmm. But... 
no matter what I say or how I feel, no matter what I say to him, it's not going to change his thoughts on his son. And I don't want to change his thoughts on his son. I just want him to have more consideration when it comes to me and my brother. Yeah, but he's not going to have consideration if he doesn't have a realization of the truth. I, like I, a, I guess I don't. I, I don't. It's a. It's such I a thin line. I can't bring myself to disrespect him in that. Sense no, I, I know. I don't think you would have to. I think just telling, just tell, just kind of how you're saying right now, um, just telling people how you feel to begin with, because yeah. I don't think he knows how you feel. I don't like. I think he has a feeling of you guys have been estranged, but I don't think he knows the depth of what all of this how has done it affected to you. you. Yeah. I think it's a conversation you can have, um, but it's all in the approach. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like like when he does bring up something very positive about him, you know, and, and it's a certain time. This is what I would do, probably. And it's a certain time frame. I'm like, oh, I do remember that time frame. You know, I felt this way on that time frame. Yeah. And he's going to turn and ask you why, you know, and it starts that conversation of how you feel, not how... Not just the attachment he has to that time frame, which was happy because of his son. I just got a question just from you saying that is like, (coughs) are you afraid having that conversation with him would bring up that old situation of how you were telling your father how to feel? Like how you were feeling? Ooh, I see what of you're what? asking. Like, remember when you wrote you had explained card. when you wrote the card Ooh. and you were speaking out of your feelings and you wanted a certain reaction? Like, are you afraid that speaking to your papa would turn out in a sim- similar way is why you haven't done it? Or do you really honestly think that he wouldn't care to hear how you feel? It's not that I don't think he wouldn't care, but... My papa, how can I explain this? It's the type of person that he is. Mm. He has a very good heart mm-hmm. and he 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 means well, but he's still very old school. Mm-hmm. He's from the south. Yeah. Like I know what you're saying. He's very cut clean dry. Mm-hmm. And I am a very passionate person. So I honestly don't know how that conversation would come out because I know there would be a lot of disagreeing. And then with me and the way how I react to things, especially when I'm passionate about it and someone telling me that I shouldn't feel a certain way would escalate me to tell you like, who the fuck do you think you are to tell me not to feel that way? And I can't get that way with him because he's my papa. You know what I mean? So I just, I don't, Maybe I haven't reached the maturity level that I think I'm already at, and that's why I can't have that conversation. Maybe I still need to grow mature, maturely enough to have that conversation. That makes sense, though, yeah. because, you know, with growth, maybe you would learn how to not react, like, escalate it because it hurts you so much. Like, yeah. You know, like, react on, fe- on emotion and feeling instead of, like, okay, now I know where you stand. Thanks for the conversation. I'm out. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like to walk away before it gets to that point. Yeah. Yeah. I just being estranged from family hurts and I wouldn't want to become estranged from my papa based off of something that neither one of us can control anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. Um I've I've had this conversation with my brother. I, I've always wondered that it's always been brought up to me and my brother as to like, you know, oh well, have you, have you talked to your father? Have you reached out to your father? Like, when he was still alive? Yeah. And I always wondered, you know, you guys talk to him, like, two, three times a week. Have you asked him if 
he's reached out to us or called us. Have yeah. you guys made sure that he has our correct telephone numbers? Because you guys all have it. I hear from you guys. You know what I mean? But I, I've been raised not to disrespect or question my elders. So yeah. it's like it's in it's in branded in me not to disrespect these people. Yeah. But, I mean, again, I don't think you would be disrespecting, but I think that what you said earlier, like, the maturity level to not yeah. let it escalate to that makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, nobody wants to disrespect someone that loves them so much, regardless of they have old school ways or not. Yeah. You know, it all comes back to us. Are, are we ready to have this conversation and not let it get to that? And it takes, ca- it takes, like, a certain amount of time for you to get to that point. Yeah. So it may not be now, but it'll happen eventually. Mm-hmm. And I I think just so you can understand where I'm coming from, Myra, you know how, like you said, your mom's like very closed off and doesn't talk about a lot of things. Yeah. Like, could you picture yourself having a similar conversation with your mom? Honestly, I used to not. I used to do by all means avoid any conversation with my mom that that would be serious in any type of way Mm -hmm. because I would get extremely frustrated um, and, and and like literally yell and and like. Whew. Yeah, and then just storm off. Um, but now, um, now I don't mind. Now, when I have a conversation with her, and and I have a conversation with her, um, she starts off like the message I got earlier about working at the club. Mm-hmm. She saw my. She replied to my story and said, "I wish you didn't work. I wish you didn't work there." And I'm like, "Why?" She's like, "Mother instinct. You don't understand mother instinct, but one day you will." Mother instinct, what? I sat at, I sit at a door and I charge people to come in. Like, <laughs> what the? What are you talking about? But it's her guilt trip. It's her guilt trip for me to do what she wants me to do and, you know, and not do what she disapproves of. Right. But that's because your mother has, like, a traditional, like... Right. Exactly. So but now... kind of, like, the same things that I'm dealing with, just, like, on a different culturally yeah, type of thing. But it's... It, now I don't mind having that conversation. Like, let's go. Let's do yeah. this. You know, like I'm ready. Like yeah. let's do this. And then my gra- which is the biggest thing is my grandma defends me. She's like, hey, um, she's not wrong. You're just not used to her going against what you're saying. And my- what about you, Letty? I know like your 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 mom's parents are the ones that you're like closer with, and the ones that are more traditional. And especially yeah. when it comes to your grandfather. You're very like hush hush about a lot of things that you do. I mean, my grandpa really don't talk at, at all. He's like he's the like I'm around him a lot. Mm-hmm. I like I know so much about him just from being in a room with him. Mm-hmm. He's he's a strong but silent type. Mm. Like he's not a man for words. But if you get him in a kitchen, that's that's his quality time with you. Mm. So he doesn't like when it comes to stuff like that, like I don't have a problem talking to my grandma, talking to my mom. Like those aren't the people that I don't I, that I never had a problem talking to. Yeah. But like along the lines with your biological father situation, like it's a lot similar to mine. Like I look at Desiree and I'm like, that's like I was there yeah. a few years ago with my biological father, mm-hmm. and it's that side of the family that I have trouble communicating with. So I don't involve myself with them at all. Yeah. Like so, I mean, there's certain I've had my say with my biological father. Like I had no problem telling him how I felt. My grandfather on that side had no problem telling him how I felt about his son or and anybody else. And it wasn't out of blatant disrespect. It was just respectfully saying and creating a boundary that I can't associate myself 
at that point with them. Like, I, my grandparents to- on that side, totally fine. Like, some of my cousins, totally fine. Um, there's a few, there's, like, a few of them that I don't really communicate with, but that's because I chose not to. And and I think listening to you and going through your sim- your similar situations, I feel like this, you're moving into that time where you're going to start creating those boundaries for yourself mm-hmm. based off of everything that you went through through this. And it's, I haven't had to deal with a death of my father yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's going to come one day, but I definitely feel like I'm, I'm not going to say I feel prepared for it. I kind of expecting it, but I kind of hope that you'll be at a place where I was <coughs> a few years ago. Where it wouldn't, like, where you don't feel guilty about it anymore. It's always going to hurt. Yeah. But at least you'll be able to speak on it more clearly through your feelings instead of holding it back until that time comes. Yeah. And you guys make me feel like I'm so, like, ungrateful for my dad or something. Because, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't wish that upon anybody because I love my dad. Yeah, he's not perfect by far. Yeah. But... I mean, he's always provided a roof over our head. He's always had, you know, a, I mean, it was not a, it was, okay, my dad was a truck driver. He made good money. Yes. But my mom, he didn't have my mom work for a long time, and there was four of us. So a lot of the times, you know, we were penny pinching. Yeah. But, I mean, but he did everything, regardless if we're penny pinching or not. Like, and like hearing your guys' story is like, like, just shut up and be grateful that he did all that. Like, it's like it's a whole other ball game growing up with a parent that is inconsistent, yeah, but consistently in and out of your life. Yeah, that's the that's the hard thing. I mean, yeah. my dad was a truck driver, he wasn't always there, but we always knew he was gonna come back, yeah, you know. And so, like, I my heart goes out to you guys because I can't even imagine like the feeling of I don't know when I'm gonna see him again, type of thing, yeah. And then when you're a child, like, understanding that feeling of, like, what did I do wrong? Like, why, why isn't he coming to see me? Like, why doesn't he even talk to me? Like, those, those are all real, real feelings that you were feeling. Because I felt those too. And the whole time, like, he's had girlfriends with kids and, like, spending time with them and, like, feeling jealous, like, wanting to go fight kids. Like, I don't even know these fucking kids, but fuck those kids. Like, why did they get my dad? Why are are you going to the zoo with them? Who the fuck are they? Like, being, like, full-fledged, like, ready to go kick some ass, like, over something so petty. But I can honestly say I think that the most difficult part is is that his family is the family that I'm closest to. Mm. Like, people always know that if I'm doing something, I'm probably 99.9% of the time with my family. Right. I rarely spend time with friends. I'm always with my family. And they're, it's his family. Mm-hmm. And granted, they're my family too, but, like, I'm connected to them through him. Yeah. Like, I'm not super close with my mom's family. Like, my stepdad's side of the family, they're scattered, and, you know, like, it's not, like, what I have with my biological dad's side of the family. And so 
I think the biggest part is I don't want to be estranged from them because at that point, then I'd have nobody. Right. Mm. So that's a, that's a real feeling right there. Because like Letty, yeah. like you, your your biological dad side of the family, you don't really fuck with them anyway. So I like don't. it doesn't. Yeah. It, it's like, kind of like you don't have that tie. Yeah. Right? So it's a little bit different, you know. Yeah, I think, but I mean, <laughs> I was gonna say it's not that I didn't have that tie because I it was there when we were young, mm-hmm. but over the years as adults, it's just like. I think for my own piece, I made the decision not to do that because, I mean, there's there's a couple crazies on that side <laughs> that I just wish I wasn't related to. Yeah, and and we all know who they are, so it's kind of like, um, but it, it's I think maybe that's why I feel the way I do in my situation. Like I feel disconnected, and I know I had said it in front of you where I'm like, well, if my biological father passed away, like I expect him to pass away soon. Because his life choices aren't all that great, but it, it's like I don't, I don't feel like I would feel anything because I've been so disconnected from that side of the family. Like his mother passed away a few years, like a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. They had the funeral this past sat, like a week and a half, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't go, and the whole time it felt weird because I'm like, this is supposedly this is my grandmother, yeah. quote unquote. I had no relationship with her and I feel like I should feel something for her. Cause she would like, I, I have memories of her. Yeah. They weren't the best memories, but I have memories of her, but I don't, I felt like if I went to the funeral, it would be disrespectful because I didn't feel anything. Mm. And if I went to, into a space where other people were feeling things like my uncle was tore up about it. I know. And like a couple other people, but I didn't want to disrespect them by showing up in anger. Yeah. That makes sense. Because, like, I didn't know this person, <coughs> and I didn't really feel a way. I think I was more upset that I, did, I didn't feel anything, and I should have. And I feel like that would be the same I feeling going into his passing because mm-hmm. I've kind of disconnected, like, cut myself off from them for so long. Yeah. But I think that's different because, I mean, like, like I told Desiree, you know, nobody should have told her anything when she got there. It is right. her, it is her dad. It is her right to feel the way she wants to feel, and she can voice it if she wants. It'll be the same thing for you. It's your dad, and whatever he did to affect you in an emotional or whatever way, mm-hmm. like, that's your right to feel it. Yeah. You know, and, it, and, it sh- and other people might take it as disrespect, but no, that's your reality, and that's what a funeral is for. Yeah. You know? Maybe I, I just think differently. Yeah. Cause like my uncle didn't go to my grandpa's funeral. He's like, I'm not ready to process it. Yeah. And nobody cared. It's, I yeah. mean, we cared, you know, but we knew that that's what he needed to do. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. The, I think like between the three of us, like we have completely different mindsets mm-hmm. revolving around stuff like that. Like I know it was really hard for for you. Like you went through all those feelings, and I feel like if I had gone through that thing, like. I wouldn't have those same feelings because I still would. I had gotten to the point in my life where I had knew that he wasn't coming around anymore, so I wasn't expecting it. Okay. Like we went through. My sister got married and she had three kids for each one of those births and for her wedding. That dude never showed up. Yeah. So I'm like, what do what do I what what do I look like expecting that Something when different. he didn't even give that to my sister? So yeah. I'm like, I'm cool. Yeah. So I feel like, like like I feel bad that I don't feel anything because I had gone through those similar feelings that you do and I feel like I should be tore up 
like how you're tore up right now because that was that's at the end of the day that's my father i mean we all have our own <laughs> ways of processing things it doesn't yeah. make our process bad or right good. or wrong yeah. yeah yeah like i'm more tore up for you <laughs> having gone through all that because i see like how much that hurts especially having to deal with family that doesn't validate those feelings or or makes you feel like you shouldn't feel that way yeah fuck feelings. that's the hardest part i hate feelings we know you hate fuck feelings, feelings. <laughs> we're gonna have a whole episode on you and your feelings one of these days fuck feelings and i, I can't want to go through that fucking cup and pull out a myra card a myra no the whole beginning of this whole cup thing was about me i was having a panic attack one episode that's a whole thing to me okay <laughs> That was like a year ago. Right. That was so <laughs> last year. <laughs> We're yeah. on the 2020. We're trying to heal. New things. So we're going to have to talk about you one no. day. Oh, I hate feelings. I hate emotions. I have, I hate going through the struggle of like. Hates a feeling. I, I know it is. But it's just like, why? Like, why can't, why can't it just be more factual instead of me? You know, well, if you process your emotions correctly, they will be facts. You know what, Letty? And they will be logical. Letty! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Talking about it helps. She's done with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just to, just to clarify a couple of things. I don't hate my family. We know that. Yeah. No, this is this is oh, for, for the, the folks public. listening, okay? <laughs> yeah. I have a really good relationship with them. It's just when it comes to this one thing, I don't feel like I'm able to talk with them about it yet. And I know after this episode airs, it'll probably become a conversation, which I have to prepare myself with. And I knew putting this topic in the cup would make it come to light. So are you how do you how prepared do you feel for it now? Knowing that this is episodes out. Um, I know I'm going to hear from one person about it Mm -hmm. and it just depends on if that person talks to the others about it. So I guess we'll see if and when it happens. Um, as far as my relationship with my father, was it estranged? Yes. Do I hate him? No. Um, I didn't do this episode to bash him. Um, it was more just to speak on my experience as being raised without a father and the coming and going. People who are our age or younger or older that do have kids, I want you to take your kids into consideration when you're doing things. People need to stop laying down with fucking strangers and having babies with people that they don't know if they don't know that it's going to work because your relationship is going to affect that child. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I true. Mean, that's 100% true. I mean, I think this whole episode is about you and how you processed it all. Because, I mean, I, 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 like I said, I don't know nothing about it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's eye-opening to hear you. Um, and, and like I said, again, you have the right to feel how you feel through your life experiences. So, yeah, yeah thanks for sharing. For yeah. sure. And I'm just glad, like, because I know you've only had your brother really to talk about this. Yeah. And your other family members haven't been open to it just yet. I mean, most likely now. But I feel like this is also space for you to just let it out. (laughs) We'll see. 
<laughs> well, I mean, you let it out, so <laughs> it's literally it. out into the, <laughs> into the world after this. So it's yeah. I, I mean, one way or another, now you're going to be dealing with those things and having those conversations. Yeah. Hopefully, it just speeds up the process so I can get it done and over with and. I don't know. Move on. I don't. Okay, move on is the wrong thing. Yeah, I'm like, I think better. you like have some peace through it. Better, yeah. yeah. Feel better, have peace. If you sit down and think of how you were processing the hurt back when it was more when you were younger, compared to how you're processing the hurt now as an adult, mm-hmm. what is the dif- What's the difference between those two? And do you think you're? What do you think, or what are you doing to grow from it? Well. I think as a kid, it wasn't, as a kid, I wasn't looking at it from a point of when he dies or when this happens, when that happens. I just assumed that because he created me at some point, he would be in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like, there's a piece of my brain that's just stuck in Disney mode. So like that's I, true. I, <laughs> the both of you have that channel. <laughs> so like, there's always a part of me that sees a fairy tale ending mm. to even the most horrific stories. I'm just like, oh, it'll get better. It'll get better. It'll get better. Mm-hmm. It'll get better. Like birds are gonna come out singing and everything's gonna be great. Yeah. And when it doesn't happen, then I'm crushed. Um, but even when I am crushed, I'm just like, wait, it can still get better. <laughs> That's actually a good thing, though. No, it's not. I mean, no. I like, mean, it's it's it good, but it's I mean, but, but you gotta be realistic at some point. But it's a good thing because it's actually positive thinking. Yeah. Well, for every positive, you should have a realistic yeah aspect. Not yeah. so positive. No, I mean, realistic. I'm not saying it's not positive. Let's be real. Like sometimes it's not positive. Yeah. yeah. Like, but it it's okay this way to or this think- way. But it's okay to have that, like, it'll get better. Like, that yeah. part is yeah. okay because it's, you're, you're, it's you're very thinking. hopeful. Yeah. But as a child expecting to have that it'll get better control over Ooh, another human being, yeah. it's not that healthy. That as an adult, true. I see it at, on a more broader, broader spectrum because I understand that as children, we put our parents on a pedestal. Our parents are superheroes. Like, they can do no wrong. And then as you get, as you become an adult, you're like, holy shit, there's so many things wrong with you, and all you're doing is just putting your past traumas on me. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. But now, like, it's kind of like you're in that in-between phase to where, like, you know you can stop that trauma. Mm-hmm. But it makes you look at your parents in a different light because now you're on equal playing fields. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Because my parents got married as fucking babies 17 right they got engaged at 17 well my dad was two years older than my mom so my dad was 19 my mom was that's, 17 that's still how when they are. when they officially got married my mom was 19 and my dad was 21 think about everything that you were going through at that age yeah can you imagine you don't know who the fuck you are i sure as fuck did not know who i was at 17 so you're going through the whole entire phase of finding yourself on top of having my mom dealing with having a racist family who didn't approve of her marriage so now she's rebelling just to be with this man her family didn't come to her wedding my papa gave my mom away at her wedding my dad's dad gave my mom away like it was it was very um just 
disconnected. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then on top of that, they didn't have like therapy and like people weren't pushing that kind of stuff. It was taboo back then. Yeah. Yeah. So nobody's really working on themselves. And then it's the 80s where it's like, rock and roll and drugs, woo, yes. let's party. So then you're like trying to party your way through it. <laughs> now, bam, you have kids. Yeah. So you didn't fix anything from your adolescent. Then you moved into young adulthood, and all you did was just fuck up your life some more. Yeah. Then you throw kids on top of that. That's mix. It's a lot. That's a big-ass soup to process, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's a lot going on. And yeah. so... If you put yourself on, on equal playing fields with your parents, you're just like, they're no better than I am. Yeah. They're not, there's nothing more special than them. Like, there's, they're just humans yeah. trying to process life. Mm-hmm. And this is the outcome of it. But it's also to look at the fact that everything that we do affects other people. It's not going to affect them immediately right now. You know what I mean? I could say something right now that's going to be like, Ha ha ha, we all laugh it off. And then Myra thinks about it two weeks later and she's like, oh fuck, like I really don't like the way how that sat with me. Right. For some reason, let's say you don't bring it up and it just like, it's something that replays in the back of your head and just keeps going, keeps going. And then you push that energy off onto somebody else. And so now it's like a butterfly effect of all these things just because we forget that each one of us are human. We all have our own feelings. We all have our own way of processing Mm -hmm. things. And it's not always going to be the most perfect outcome. Right. Yep. I don't know if that answered your question or if I went off on it. It did. No, because like <laughs> the last part is it's showing how you're processing now as an adult. Mm-hmm. And obviously as a child, it was just different. It but, was. But I see the like you could you could see the growth because you're talking about, you know, how how you're looking at the whole picture now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you were younger, it was more like how I hurt. You know, you didn't do what my fairy tale brain tells me you're supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So now you're processing and you're talking about the outcome and how it got there and, and how they were raised and they didn't have the resources we have now and stuff like that. And that's, I mean, you could hear the growth in the difference. So yeah. you did okay. answer my question. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, do you have anything else to finish this with? Any closing statements? Yes. Wrap it. Um, well, I'll just say this. I don't know if heaven has airwaves, but if it does, um, Frankie boy, I love you. And I may not understand completely now, but I promise to get there. I didn't say try to make me cry. <laughs> I know. I'm, that is say not, I'm um, like, yo, um, somebody has to talk first cause I'm crying. Um, <laughs> If you have any questions for Desiree, if you're going through, you know, not having one of your parents or having a difficult relationship with your parents, definitely uh, hit her up in the DMs. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys know it's at RejectSority on Instagram, uh, RejectSority at gmail.com. Um, I mean, I wish I had more questions, but unfortunately my life was a little bit different. <laughs> so, like, I mean. You privileged whore. Right. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it wasn't all cookies and rainbows <laughs> with two parents either. But, um, but I mean, obviously, Desi's always willing to help, especially if you have questions or mm-hmm. if you're stuck in an emotion that, you know, not having a, a parent or, or be, being raised by a single parent, you right. know, it's better to talk about it and talk about it with someone that has been through it, you know. So, anyways, thank you guys for listening. 
And um, thank you, Des, for opening your heart and letting some tears out. And almost, <laughs> and almost making me and Letty cry. Oh, I cried. Um, right? <laughs> it wasn't almost. Uh, tears were right. in my face. And then we'll see what the <laughs> cup tells us next time. Oh, we're about to check that bitch right now. Oh, no. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.